we're going to get to the word and I'll be respectful of your time. It's, uh, it's funny how God does things like this. We are in this series called Bite Sized or Bite Size. And so what we're looking at is text or, or chapter or books in the Bible that are less than 700 words in its original language. I think these little gems are amazing. And I already gave you this, the illustration last week, but you know, if, if you decided you wanted to, to run a marathon, that was a goal, maybe a, a resolution that you made for yourself. Uh, if you're like me, you're not going to make it 26 miles right out of the gate. If I go hit the trail tomorrow, um, you might find me dead a few miles in. And so you, what do we do, right? We bite-size it. You might start a half mile of, of continuously running, and you, you bite-size it. You up your game just a little every time, right? And so I feel like when, in looking through Scripture and in praying about this series, I got so excited because if God intended a book to be in the Bible, however long it is or short, he wanted us to read it. He wanted us to learn from it. It was, we believe that this is the inspired word of God. And how cool is it if in the next month that we can just check off four out of the 66 books? You'd be like, man, my preacher just, he just got something in him and he had to preach four different, he made it through four books of the Bible in one month. Might make me feel good. I don't know about you. But we're going to, bite-size it, and we're going to see what God has for us. So last, last week, you, you knew where we were with Obadiah. This week, if I've left it up to your imagination to try to figure out where is he going to go. Uh, you know that there's only so many books that are that small. Uh, but this week, we're going to go to, to Philemon. And so if you don't even know where that is, oh, some of you are like, oh, I missed it. You might get it right next week. Uh, <laughs> if you're not sure where that is, it's right before Hebrews. If you get to Hebrews, you've, you've passed it. You're best off to just find Hebrews and then just inch your way backwards. It's that short. Uh, but it's end, at the end of the, the prison epistles from the Apostle Paul. And I'm encouraged by this little tiny letter. Some, some scholar or some say it's, it's a postcard from Paul. Essentially, it, it could fit on a postcard. It's that short and sweet and to the point. And I think God has something for us to learn from it today. Amen. All right, and so as you're trying to find it, I'll give you a little background because I know it's, it's a little, it's sneaky, it hides in there, but let me give you the background on, on who is Philemon and what is this book intended. I, I'm fascinated by the history of it. You see, Paul is in prison in Rome at this time. He's finally made it to Rome. For those of you on Wednesday night, we've been reading Romans. He hadn't got there yet. Well, this is way farther in the timeline. He's gone through his three missionary journeys. He's in Rome, in prison, and he's writing to this, this friend, this brother in Christ, Philemon. Now, I'm especially interested because he also had written at the time Colossians. And he sends the letter to the church in Colossae. Meanwhile, he knew that would be read to the church, that would be public. This was like the postcard from Paul. It was like the little personal handwritten letter since they were going to Colossae and since Philemon was there and Paul had something he needed to tell him, he sent along this little postcard. Now, I just think God is so good because the Apostle Paul didn't intend for this to be like a public letter for everybody. This was a private. He wrote it himself, unlike the, the other letters. He wrote this with his own hand, we see, 
and it was for Philemon. I don't know about you, but if we were to just put up your text messages or your transcripts of your personal calls on here, some of y'all would be squirming. Some of you are squirming now. I see you. You, you just Your blood pressure just went up a little bit. And so this is essentially what happened to the Apostle Paul. He sends this postcard or this private, you know, this DM, and it's, it's now become a part of Scripture, right? And now we get to read it. And I think there are some amazing things God can reveal through it. So if you have found it, I tried to stall as long as I could and give you some time. Uh, but if you've got it, would you stand to your feet in reverence to God's word, those that are able? We're going to begin in verse 4. We really could read the whole thing, but uh, I'll bite-size it, even, even this small portion. But beginning in verse 4, this is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. Because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand the experience and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Verse 7, your love has given me much joy and comfort. My brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. And verse 8 is where I'll end it. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Jesus Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But he goes on to say, basically, because of my love, I won't. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we have together. Thank you for the word that was already spoken. I pray you just continue. That same spirit would continue to be with us today through the reading of your scripture and through the delivering of the message I believe that you've given to me to, to share with this church family. God, I rebuke anything of me that needs to get out of the way. God, I pray that you would just squelch it. God, it, 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 blot it out. God, I pray that the spirit would speak to the church today and we would hear what you are speaking to us, that we'd walk away encouraged. We'd walk away challenged. We'd walk away better than we came because of what you spoke, not because of what Shane spoke. God, I thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. And if you agree, just say amen. amen. You could be seated. So I mentioned that this is like a little postcard to Philemon. Uh, Philemon from the Apostle Paul. Well, why does he write this letter? Why does he send it to Colossae? I'm really interested even in this. You see, there's a man named Onesimus. And he was a slave of Philemon, and he had basically made this 1,200-mile trip to Coloss uh, from Colossae to Rome in an effort to just get lost in the big city, just to be free. But now, obviously, he had done something. He would stole something from his master before he went on this trip. But on this trip, he travels 1,200 miles away. He runs into Paul. Man, there's so many tangents I could get lost on. Just the fact that, like, you know, Miss Nancy, for your daughter that's running, I mean, Onesimus ran 1,200 miles away. This is back before cars. That is huge far. And yet God still would just appoint a meeting between two people. God sent the right person at the right time to meet him, and he got saved. And God can do that for your families and my family. I believe it wholeheartedly, but I'm just fascinated. So Onesimus runs into Paul. Of all, of all people, all places, I mean, you, you know, you're talking in the, in the Roman Empire. There's like 120 million people, 120 million people here. And he gets connected with Paul. I just think that's just amazing. That's supernatural. I love it. But he, Onesimus gets saved. And so here becomes the dilemma now. 
the Apostle Paul has to now respond and decide, how should I act? I know Philemon. And legally, now I know, please don't get lost with me in, in slavery of the time. You're talking out of 120 million people, 60 million were slaves. So half the population, different culture. We believe it's wrong, um, but I, I don't want you to get lost in this. Uh, Onesimus was the, the, belonged to Philemon. And the Apostle Paul knows this now. And he's confronted with this challenge now. What do I do? Do I just keep Onesimus? As he later articulates, he's, he's like, man, I really would like to keep him with me. He's, he's been a great encouragement to me while I'm in prison. But he's like, no, nah, we got to make this, this situation right. Onesimus stole from Philemon. Aside from the slave arrangement, he had just stolen, period. And so the Apostle Paul knows he needs to make it right. And so I'm just blown away in how good God is. Here's this tiny, tiny little book, 25 verses. You've probably already read it while I've been talking, read the whole thing. And yet there are three perspectives, three vantage points, three faces that we see here. And I think each of you, you and I could relate to one of them, if not all of them. And so who are these characters? Well, Philemon, he's, he's obviously um, the, the owner here. He's been wronged. He's been slighted by Onesimus. You have Onesimus, who, I mean, he's, he's wanting, his name means useful, and yet he is of no use to his master. He steals, he's in need of forgiveness, but he's also in need of a, of a second chance, of, a, of, a, of being useful again. And then you have Paul, this like, Strange, interesting outsider into the mix here because he ran into Onesimus and now his integrity is challenged and on the line. Am I going to do the right thing? I'm 1,200 miles away and well, you might as well call it the Stone Age compared to today. You know, I'm 1,200 miles away. You know how long it'd take to get a letter? You know how long it would take if Philemon ever even found out about this meeting between Paul and Onesimus? But his integrity put to the test. What do I do? And so could you, could, could just for the last little bit that we have together, and I'll be short and sweet and I'll bite-size it for you, but let's just look at these three characters. I think we could learn so much from these three characters and God could, could reveal something and pull on your heartstrings this morning. Amen? Are you with me? See, she's reading Philemon right now through the Bible app. That's okay. I told you you could get through it that fast. Uh, and that's just not one times, you know, that's not the one and a half times for those of you podcast listeners. But all right, first one, Philemon. I want to look at his perspective. See, from his perspective, he hasn't actually done anything wrong, okay? Someone, his, one of his servants steals from him now and flees. Has anybody ever stolen from you? Has anybody ever done you wrong? Now, see, there's the, you know, if you think about it too much, all of your blood pressures could go up too and the temperature could rise, right? You think about who slighted you and mm, it makes you mad all over again, right? And so here's Philemon. He didn't do anything wrong. He's been wronged. He's been slighted. He's been stolen from. And so I don't know if you're in that camp, but you might relate to Philemon. You might have things that have been stolen from you and it was not fair. You didn't do anything wrong, but yet nonetheless something was taken. And now you have to confront this with God of how do I forgive? And so speaking of, of, of stealing, just 
I just, I can't help it when I read these things. I got to share it. You know, I, I heard one, saw one person write. He said, I don't use pepper spray when I'm being robbed. I just open my wallet and blow out the dust so they could see. And you know, it's like when you go to the movie theater, man, you know, it was the one recently was robbed of almost $10,000. And you know what they stole? They only stole three combos of pop and popcorn. I mean, that's just how bad it is. So here we are with Philemon, he's been stolen from. And I don't know about you, it's one thing to forgive a person when you don't know who to blame. It's a, a mystery person, they snuck in, they took whatever and disappeared. It's another when you know who they are. You could call them out, you know their face, you know their name. Doesn't that change the whole equation? It was that way for Philemon. He, he saw, he knew who Onesimus was. He knew that he stole. He knew that he had been wronged. But yet, his obligation in this short story is forgiveness. And so the question is just flipped to you. Have you ever been wronged? Yes. What's sad is even being wronged by our fellow men, even in the church, Lord help us. Yes, I said even in the church, there will be some that wrong you. And your responsibility is how you respond. I, I can't, I'm not God. I would, we talked about this last week. God will, will take care of whatever punishment needs to happen. But your responsibility is forgiveness. If you don't forgive, then God is basically coming to punish you now. And I'm telling you, I've experienced this in my life with even close ones that had just stabbed me and, and just hit me with some of the lowest blows. And I tell you that initial not wanting to forgive is a poison. It is a poison in your life. Trust me. I'm telling you, there's one point in my life where I was so angry at a person who had wronged me so deeply, I literally felt sick because I wouldn't let go. I argued with God. I was like, I understand this is sin, but God, I don't want to forgive them. This is just, this is just evil what they've done. And I've been there, but I'm telling you, it's a poison in you. And they're not even affected by that poison. It's just for you. And so that's why God's like, look, give it to me. Give it to me. I know it's not easy. I, I, this is not an easy thing. It's, it's so easy for me to say not easy to do. I get it. But God's saying, would you give it to me? Would you, would you forgive them so I can handle it? See, if I hang on to it and I try to handle it, it just it don't work out right. It never has. But if I give it to God, man, he does some crazy things. I told you last week of some of the things God had done. People just pr promising the world to me and lying through their teeth. And then God, God blesses. He says, I'll take care of that. And then those people are all fired from their position. And I was elevated. I mean, God will do what he's got to do. He will take care of business. The problem is, will you and I let go of that? Will we let go? Will we say, all right, I I'm going to forgive them. I'm giving up my right to get even. Look, I know this is so simple, but some of you might be struggling with this. You, you might be thinking, but you don't know, Pastor, how they did me wrong. You don't know how evil it was. You don't know how they came after my children. You don't know how they came after my spouse. You don't know this, that, or the other. I get it. Look, I'm right with you, and, and, and I'll get mad with you too. But God's asking, can you, can you let go? Can you give it to me? See, because that was the challenge for Philemon. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to basically say, look, Onesimus, he's not the same man that you knew. He's been saved. 
He, he, he's not just, I don't see him just as a slave. I see him as a brother in Christ, and you should too. You should not only forgive him, but I think you should even do more as you read through Scripture. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. I think you should even do more. Not only forgive him, you should even go farther than that. And I like how the Apostle Paul just leaves that to his imagination. He doesn't specify what that is. If you read on, there, so are you Philemon in this story? Is there something that you need to just let go? Give it to God. Say, God, I, I will forgive them. I don't want to. That's all right. You don't want to. None of us want to. I, I, I don't want to, God, but I, I can't hold on to this poison in my life. I want to be used by you. I want you to bless my family. And I'm telling you, church, if you hold on to this poison, it's poison for your family too. And you're holding up blessings that God wants to put on your family if you can't let go. If you can't forgive. I, I know it's hard, but it's, think of it that way. It's a poison that you're willingly keeping in your family's bloodstream. Your, your family's life and health is dependent on whether or not you let this go. Do you have the capacity to love like Jesus? Forgive, but then you got to love. Man, I don't mean we have to hang out all the time. It just means that I don't have to change my Christian witness because of how you wronged me. I'll forgive you. I'll still be Christ-like, and we'll, we'll move on, right? All right, so let's look at the second character here then, Onesimus, because this one gets me all worked up, and i got to get you out by noon. Thank you, Matthew. Onesimus. Verse 10, let's read this. I'm just, just a couple verses, and we've about read the whole thing. Verse 10, I appeal to you, this is the Apostle Paul telling Philemon, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to us both. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. Man, I don't know what you, have you ever been in a stage in life where you feel useless? You feel out of place, you feel clunky, you feel like, I just don't fit in, I don't work with my environment, I don't work with, with this, this situation. Have you ever felt that way? I know I have, way too often, you know, they, they say in, in work circles, there's something called the imposter syndrome, have you ever heard of that? At work where you feel like you don't belong? That's Onesimus. He says, the Apostle Paul is saying, look, he, had no, he was of no use. His name means useful, but yet he, had, he was of no use to you. He stole from you. He ran away. He caused no good thing for you. But the Apostle Paul is looking at him and he's saying, he hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now... Now he is useful. I don't know about you, but I see God looking at you and looking at me specifically. And God's like, you know what? I don't care what, what the past may have looked like. I don't care how worthless you may have felt or even acted in the past. When I look at you now, I say you are of use in my kingdom. You are of use to do something to further the kingdom. God's looking at you and he's saying, I can use you. I can work with that. I don't know about you, but man, sometimes that feels like a miracle in and of itself that God would look at me and say, I can work with that. I can do something with that. That's useful to my kingdom. Is anybody hearing me in this place? Or, or maybe you just already feel that way, but I am looking to God and he's looking back and he says, I know in the past, just like the apostle Paul says, I know in the past you were useless. 
You are of no use. But this is God now. I say he has use now. But, but now, now that I've saved him, now that he's repented, now that he is seeking me wholeheartedly, now that he's exploring my word for himself, now that he's praying to me, I see that person has use. And that's what God's saying to you and I. I don't know if you've ever ran away physically or spiritually. I know as a kid, that felt like the worst thing I could possibly do to ever get back on my parents. And I never did. You know why? Because I was just a chicken. <laughs> I was like, man, I like these three meals a day and the air conditioning. And I like all these creature comforts. I'm not running away. <laughs> Somebody else could run away. But I don't know if you've ever ran away or if you've ever felt like that, where you're just like, man, I have no use. Man, I've had some dark days, just like and, and all of us have had, where I'm like, God, could you use this mess? Could you use this just dysfunctional situation, this dis dysfunctional relationship, this dysfunctional environment at work or at home or, or wherever it may be? And God's looking down and he's saying, I can use that. And I don't know about you, but that sends chills down my spine because I'm like, yes, God. Like Isaiah says, okay, here I am, send me. If you say I'm of use, then here we go. I may not feel like it, but God says I can use that. So that's Onesimus. You might relate to him. I, I, I relate to all three of these guys. But here's the third, because I, I promised I'd get you out. Here's the third, and that's Paul. Now, I'm fascinated by Paul's struggle here. As we just read in verse 12, he says, I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my heart. Continue on in verse 13. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news. And he would have helped me on your behalf. So this could have been a good thing for you. But verse 14, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I'm just blown away here at the challenge for the Apostle Paul. Think, think with me here. I need you, don't, don't, don't lose me just yet. But picture yourself in, in the Apostle Paul's shoes. You're in a Roman prison. Okay, you're chained up, and here you're 1,200 miles away from Philemon. Back in the day, you didn't have DMs and instant message, and you couldn't text or call. A letter took forever to get from one place to another. You're 1,200 miles away. You run into this guy who had slighted your friend. You struck a, strike up a friendship now, and he's helping you. He could be of service to you, but the question is now, do I send him back? Now, I know for a lot of us, and not throwing stones, I know for me, at the wrong time of day, in the wrong mindset, I'd keep Onesimus. I'll just be real. And this is why God, that's why I relate to this now, and God challenges me. At times, I can feel like Paul. Well, they're 1,200 miles away. Like, man, if I send Onesimus back, he's just going to, I mean, he might kill him. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. He, he slided him. He could be of use to me, and it's going to help Philemon. And so here's what, I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said it this way. Human beings all over the earth have this curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way. And, they, and when they can't really get rid of it, that thought, since they can't get rid of that thought, they try to get around it. It's called rationalizing. The attempt to convince oneself that what is wrong, after all, is right. How many of you do this? 
or know somebody. We'll, 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 we'll stone our neighbor, I guess. You know somebody who does this. We rationalize with God and with, with ourselves over, is this really wrong? Is this okay? You know, is this really a hit to my integrity? Is my character really be, being challenged? See, the Apostle Paul could have rationalized. Philemon's rich. So what does it matter to him if I were to keep Onesimus? Big deal. It's not like that's going to even uh, be a drop in the, in the bucket for his finances. Or he could have done this. He could have said to himself, you know what? I'll keep Onesimus for a little while. I'll keep him back while he's useful at this time. And then later, eventually, I'll do what's right. Or the Apostle Paul could have said this, Philemon, you know what? He got saved under my ministry. He wouldn't even have come to know Christ if it wasn't for me. Surely he should stick around and help me now since I'm the one who led him to Christ. Another way of saying that is I deserve this. I, you owe me now. Or he could have just simply said, you know what? Philemon will never, ever know. I'm 1,200 miles away. If, you, if nobody sends a letter, and assuming it even gets to him, he'll never be the wiser. Do you see this, this challenge? Paul had every opportunity to rationalize. And here we are in our lives and going through Monday through Friday, and we wrestle with God and we rationalize. Well, is, you know, I deserve this, God. I deserve this. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's all going to benefit the church anyway, so if I slight this person to, to make more money or, or whatever this is, you know, then it's going to be all right. No. Are we rationalizing to just make ourselves feel good about something God has said is wrong? If God has convicted you of it and you're trying to rationalize, then now we are the ones in need of repentance. And we're saying, God, I don't want to be like that. I want to be like Paul. I want to be able to walk in integrity. I want to be able to walk in character. And so with all these perspectives this morning, I just ask you, who do you relate to of the three? Do you feel like Philemon where here you've been wronged? You've got, somebody's done something to you and you're like, God, would you just show up and get them? Would you pay, pay it back? Or are you like Onesimus, where you feel like you, you've been looked at and people say you have no use, you're worthless. You've caused so much destruction in your past. How could anything ever good come from you? And God looks and says, I can use that one. He has use. He or she has use in my kingdom. I want to put them to use. Or are you like Paul now, where you have a challenge of your integrity and whether or not you're going to hold the line. Are you going to compromise through rationalizing? And you're going to play games with God of, well, it's okay. We got an arrangement. We got a deal. This or that. Which of the three? Because I think each of these could apply to all of them. I relate to all three at times. And I think in this tiny little postcard from Paul, can you believe all of that is just in 25 verses less? I believe this one is, is less than 400 words in the original language. Never was intended by Paul to be read publicly. It's one of his private DMs. And here it is. And God wants to work those three things in our life. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's what blows me away with how good God is. It made it in Scripture so you could read that, those three perspectives, and now you can walk away and you can chew on that. And you can, you can say, God, I, I feel like Philemon. I, God, I, I need to forgive. Would you forgive me for holding on to this poison? 
And God, please forgive me. I don't want this holding back my family anymore. And watch what God does. Watch how he blesses when you let that poison go. I'm telling you, when you forgive, watch how he blesses. And then maybe you're, you're going to chew on, well, God, I feel like Onesimus this week. I just feel like everybody keeps reminding me of all the stuff I did and all these mistakes and how I've just, you know, I've made all this mess of my past. And God, and you look to God and he's like, I can use you. And you're like, okay, let me be used. Onesimus had to actually hand deliver this letter himself. I didn't mention that. So there's your challenge then. All right, God, you can use me. And he says, okay, go ahead and deliver this letter to the person you just wronged. Woo, man. And yet God does it. And he moves in this situation. And maybe you're like Paul. And maybe there's some sort of challenge. You know what it is with work, business dealings, maybe with family. So easy to slight family. Maybe that's it. But your integrity is being challenged and God's looking and seeing and what, what you're going to do. What are you going to do, child? Are you going to do what's right? Or since it's so easy to just let it, let it ride, no one will know. Are you going to do what's wrong? Would you stand to your feet with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time we've had together. I thank you for how short and sweet Sometimes your scripture can be, but yet how profound and amazing it is, God, that we could look at, at just this tiny little postcard from Paul, but yet we could see things that we've got to really heart check ourselves with this week. We've really got to reflect now on these things. And God, I'm asking that for each of us here throughout this week that you would bring these scriptures, this short little book, back to our memory, that we would take it to you then and we would just be reminded that you still want to move in these situations. You still want us to forgive. You still want us to be able to shake off the past and be used for your glory and your purpose and that you also expect us to hold the line. You expect us to walk in integrity no matter how difficult, no matter what price that we have to pay. God, I pray that you would just do that this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before we go, if you need prayer, I'm here because I relate at times to all three. I didn't mention it, but for the Apostle Paul, what I like, aside from him saying, I wrote this myself, in verse 19, he says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. He's, he's referring to if whatever, whatever Onesimus might owe you, whatever the debt is, I'm going to pay it. I'm writing this in my own handwriting so you know that I mean it. This is a promise. I've covered it. I've paid for it. Charge it to me. He could have just sent him back and called it a day. But yet, he's like, no, I know there's a debt. I'm going to go above and beyond, and I'm going to make sure that we write this wrong together. And Onesimus delivers the letter. Man, that's, that is some challenge to our integrity, is it not? That is some character challenge right there. And if you feel like you are in one of those three, let me pray with you before you go. I know you're going to have a lovely lunch and see the, the sun peeking through the clouds, but could, could we pray together? if you are in one of those camps.